Welcome to Global Supply Chain Week. Today, we are joined by Bill Thayer, co-founder and CEO of Philogic. Welcome to Global Supply Chain Week, Bill. Hey, Mary. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to get into this because we tell everyone all about, um, you know, middle mile and all that jazz. But before we jump into that, um, let's get some background on you and what caused you to start Philogic. Sure. So uh, I've been in the supply chain game for over 30 years working with major retailers. And one of the things that always struck me as a problem was that, you know, retail locations, primarily malls, really never had good logistics infrastructure that everybody could use. Um, and so we started a company that does exactly that. We take excess space in malls and provide the technology and operations to make mall-based retailers and digitally brands operate more efficiently. I feel like you have a lot of space in malls having as someone who walks around her mall like once a year. Uh, there's quite a lot of empty space there that I feel like you guys are uh, capitalizing on. <laughs> there is some, I think the most important piece is that yes, we're overstored in the US, but the right mall owners in the right locations are the best locations in the middle mile. And the partners that we work with, they're not going anywhere. They're continuing to expand and grow and, and perform really well, really well. So when it comes to those final mile solutions, there seems to be a lot of emphasis and needs placed on that final mile piece, but there's a lot more to that that final mile offering than just that tiny little last bit. Um, why is it so important to actually focus on the moves that occur before that final mile piece when you're looking at you know offering this service? Correct. So first off, when you think about the physical locations, you know malls are smack dab in the middle of the middle mile, right? And when you look at what we're trying to do is everything in the final mile is through aggregation. How can you fill that truck, car, box, whatever? The more you can fill it, right, the lower the cost. So what we do in Philogic, we're part of that, whether it's through our technology or through our partners, is driving that aggregation um, to get more freight into that final mile where it makes it that much more efficient. I like it. You just kind of make it happen. You just make it more dense, less trucks in the road, less waste. You know, we love to see it. We love to see some sustainability efforts there. Um, but with the rise of these e-commerce stores um, and mixed retail fronts and these kind of pseudo fulfillment centers where you might be shopping in like a in like a shoe store and they're also filling online stores as well as, you know, helping customers in the store as like a almost fulfillment center. Um, why is the need for such an efficient final mile solutions so important? Yeah, I, th I think one of the most important pieces is, is that we don't look at what we do as part of omni-channel. We're building the future of what we call channel free. So when you talk about digitally native brands, mall-based retailers, whoever, they all need to be able to use that infrastructure, which as you mentioned, is more efficient, um, definitely optimized, circular, sustainable, um, but I think it's the most important piece of being able to harness the process, which is a pretty simple pick, pack, ship, pick up, consolidation and deliver. That happens across all different types of businesses. And so we kind of call it the channel free circular infrastructure that has always existed. Um, the technology and the operation just wasn't there before somebody like us came along. Yeah, it's you guys are just kind of, you're not reinventing the wheel. You just kind of said, oh, this is a pretty good wheel. We're just going to take it and stick it on our car, please. Let me tell you, there's tons of infrastructure in this country. We're utilizing existing infrastructure more efficiently and more sustainably, right? Where customers live, breathe, transact, it's at a shopping mall. We're just providing the commercial grade logistics and technology to make that possible. 
And it's got to be so much easier to have that infrastructure already in place as opposed to like, oh, hey, we have a great idea. We have to, you know, run this great idea. But first, we have to spend a couple of years building the infrastructure for us to run this great idea on. And I feel like you kind of just unlocked a cheat code there where you're like, no, it already exists. We're just going to latch on to malls. Correct. And, and think about it, right? Industrial real estate has never been more expensive. Um, and when you think about the cost of it, the Amazons and the Walmarts and the Targets have set the standard of how much you're going to spend on building a facility, outfitting it, and trucking labor to it. We're basically saying keep it in the same infrastructure that's always existed where people live where they transact and just harness that through technology. And I think that's the differentiator for us. Yeah, I know there's something like, what, 2% of uh, occupancy in warehouses and to try and, you know, get in on those high rates. Why? Because you're already, your locations are already where it is. It's already where your customers are. Like, it's just, it's kind of a next level move in my opinion, but I might be a little biased. (laughs) So um, when it comes to, we kind of touched on that final mile part, but that middle mile, like, you know, getting it to that place where it can be delivered then like to the customer's doorstep or anything like that. Um, that's not usually something that goes hand in hand with sustainability, which I know you guys have kind of um, said, no, no, they belong together. Um, how have you guys kind of solved some of these common issues that shippers see with waste in the supply chain? Well, I, I think so much of it is from somebody who's been in the supply chain for 30 plus years. Um, it, it's not so much how we think about it. It's some of the partners that we work with that have helped us kind of hone our message. You know, one of our investors, uh, an organization called Closed Loop, um, they actually worked with us on an ESG impact study that looked at what the savings were and what the, the actual opportunity was and how we speak about it and how we talk to retailers and potential partners. Um, it is a strategic differentiator for us. And we're able to work with other partners that look at circularity and look at the, you know, the sustainability of our model um, as a creative. And it, look, once again, it is something that uh, every retailer, if they're not talking about now, whether it's circularity or sustainability, they will be in the next few years. Um, and think about it this way. Logistics people are always saying, hey, how can I get five touches down to two? Yeah, there's a cost saving, there's a time saving, but believe it or not, there's a sustainability impact there. And I think the supply chain is starting to really look at it from that perspective. When you look at it for EVs, uh, when you look at uh, robotics, uh, when you look at just any sort of solar power, all of that infrastructure is there. We just need to harness it. And I think we're doing a, we're, I think we've cracked a component of that code. Yeah, it's kind of that, um, you know, everyone has to start dealing about caring about some sort of um, environmental or social governance policy, like they have to start caring about it, whether they want to or not. Um, Like we'll have, there's some larger shippers that will say, no, like, we don't need to worry about that. Sustainability is not something we need to worry about. But it is because it's what everyone else is demanding. And if you're not keeping up with at least the industry baseline, then I mean, we've saw what happened to the rest. We saw what happened when malls were thriving. And then those that didn't keep up, we saw what happened. Um, but I do kind of like that you guys are really bringing back that like circular picture and knowing that like, you know, everything's related. You can't just have one component of a supply chain. You, it all has to be connected. Correct. And, and I think one of the things we're seeing now is if you mandate anybody to do anything, everybody's going to fight against it, right? Somebody told me, eat my broccoli. Forget it. I'm not eating my broccoli. But realistically, we're looking at it as good business now. 
And the mall owners, the mall owners have always been at the forefront of looking at alternative fuels, um, looking at all these additional options. And I think we're marrying the logistics and the retail component and then that existing infrastructure. Not only is it good business, you know, long-term it's good for the environment. It's good for just the future state of what I think retail and what retail logistics is. I am, I'm personally very excited for the future of retail. I think that there's, um, having worked in retail, the, as like in the supply chain and also like, you know, that classic first retail job, um, there's a lot of improvement that can be made there. It's just a matter of someone taking the time and going through and, you know, figuring out, okay, well, we can take these parts from here, these parts from here and turn it into something that's actually helpful and beneficial for customers, the environment, every, and our shippers and everything like that. Because if you kind of get that circular motion go in, there has to be an insane amount of cost savings there as well, correct? Oh, it's, it's amazing. And when you think about it, most logistics networks are circular in nature. There's components, whether it's returns, reverse logistics, that are not built out or are not thought out. Our whole point at Philogic is let's look at it not as we're doing something new. We're taking something that's existing and making it more efficient, right? Because when you think of new, there's costs, there's pain points, there's everything. Let's take existing infrastructure, use it more efficiently um, because, yeah, there's some pain associated with it, but it's more pain of thinking differently instead of doing something differently. And I think um, that to us is what's most interesting, I think, about our business. I think we speak about it much more differently. And the partners that we've, whether they're investors or whether folks that are actively working with us on programs, they're all, they all see it too. I mean, once again, it's not mandated. Supply chain fixes everything, and it's going to be built from the supply chain up. But I'm a supply chain snob, so put them up. I feel like everyone is up until the last few years, no one has ever been like, oh, they're just like, what do you do? And I'm like, I work with trucks. And they're like, oh, okay, great. Because when you start trying to like explain more, they're like, I don't understand it. Because those that get it, get it. And those that don't, well, don't. But um, <laughs> they, but now everyone's like, wait a second, supply chain. I hear about that in the news. Like, why should I care about this now? And I'm like, well, first of all, you should have always cared about it. Second of all, you just never realized it was a thing because it just was working. So, Correct. you know. Post-pandemic, everybody's a supply chain uh, specialist. Mm-hmm. You know, the phone calls I get, I was thinking about you. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure you are. You got you just know I do the supply chain thing. Right. And like, oh, I got that buzzword. So let me just go see what it is. Yes. Do you know about reverse logistics? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Speaking of reverse logistics, what do you, it's, it's part of that circular thing. You know, you guys have really kind of completed that circle. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think that that will look like in the next few years? I know that most retailers are having to embrace some sort of returns policy or some be do more with returns just because it's what consumers are demanding. But like, what do you think that reverse logistics will look like in a few years? As I mentioned before, you know, our whole kind of focus is a channel free environment of the future where the technology on the transportation versus building operations, it's, it's how customers shop and how they think, which is I want to buy my stuff. I don't care if I'm getting in the store or online. I need full visibility to that inventory. Most of the hazards that impact reverse logistics are based on the existing networks and how they were built, right? And our whole point is, look, the existing parcel networks, great, fantastic. But those parcel networks are great for the parcel carriers. We're big believers on a network that's right for the brand and for the retailer and duh, the customer. 
Where is that, right? 75% plus of sales are still being done from a physical location. So on the Philogic side, we don't pick winners on the digital versus the physical. We pick the winners based on the ecosystem and the infrastructure. So that is malls, that is the circular uh, component to it. And when you look at reverse logistics, reverse logistics is an opportunity for another sale. And from our perspective, yeah, there's a circularity component to it, but if I'm gonna get paid to receive it, get paid to store it and ship it again, and also do that for returns, that's good business. And when you look at it from the perspective, so much had been done over the last few years to get the customer their money back from these third-party technology platforms. Returns do not help retailers from a margin perspective. We're about returns intercept. How can you intercept in that middle mile to take what could be a 15 to 35-day return process? If you can take that down to two, you've now changed the margin equation for how people make money or lose money in e-commerce and any sort of transaction. Yeah, because if you get that return back and assuming that it's in good condition and there's nothing physically wrong with that product, you don't have to wait 30 to 45 days for it to make it back to a warehouse that you can then turn around and sell it. You just go, okay, here's your money back. Have a nice day. And then, oh, look, someone wants to buy it Thursday. Here we go. I've now made my money back and I don't have to pay for all of those transportation costs and all of those extra costs that come with moving something to a warehouse or storing it there again or anything like that. It's just like, oh, here we go. I can turn around and sell it again. And I'm still only paying a fourth of what I would have paid beforehand. Exactly. It's better utilization of assets, right? It's your inventory, right? The malls, it's their stores. It's the people that are working in those particular locations. There's many different you know, kind of use cases that you look at it, but it's just, I wouldn't say it's not new. It's just looked at differently. Yeah. It's kind of just peeking up under the hood and going like, oh, this is a pretty cool car on the inside. <laughs> All right. So if anyone wants to hit you up about malls or reverse logistics outside of Global Supply Chain Week, where can they find you? They can see us at philogic.com, bill at philogic.com. Um, we'll be at Rila next week, so uh, down in Florida. So I'll be the guy with the sunburn. Nah, probably not. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're out there. Uh, if it's malls, it's reverse logistics, it's circularity, you'll find us. Stay tuned for more great global supply chain week content.